Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, how can a person be found acceptable to God? This is a very important question because of who God is, the Holy Righteous One, the one to whom we must give an account, and the one who knows us to the very depths of our being. He knows our personality. He knows our sins. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. And he is holy, and we are unholy. How can such a person be found acceptable before God? How can a person be right with God? Jesus illustrates for us the great truth of being found acceptable by God through faith in God's provided mercy seat. I want us to look at two passages of Scripture and compare what they're talking about with reference to how God will see us. Jesus tells a story about two people who went up to the temple to pray. Now, you can use the word synagogue if you want, or church. A a place where prayer is made to God. Two people went up to the temple to pray. It's found in Luke 18, 9 through 14. Now, in reading this story, We often get it wrong because we caricature the Pharisee and the publican. They're just ordinary people in many ways, but one is what we would call a a moral citizen, one who's looked up to, one who's admired, one who is found very acceptable in the sight of his fellow man, and the other is one who is despised He's looked down upon by his fellow man because of his transgressions, the ones that they find so awful in their sight. Let's read the story. I'm reading from the, uh, I believe, Christian Standard Version. And Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed these things with reference to himself. God, I give thanks to you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far away, did not even want to raise his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than that one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, I want us to think of two or three other passages of Scripture before I unpack the story for us. Isaiah 
53.11. The prophet Isaiah, speaking about God's suffering servant, we know this is about the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Then I want us to think about Jesus' own statement when he said, the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus identified himself as one who's come to give his self in death as a ransom for many. Then consider these words from the Apostle Paul. In Philippians 3, 9, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. Now, if you consider that verse and then consider Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where the apostle, the same apostle, says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God as a salvation for those who believe. Now, looking at Luke 18, 9 through 14, I want us to consider the passage of Scripture that makes the prayer of the tax collector possible. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. The, the other was from the Phillips I believe, translation. But the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified, that is, they're declared righteous, freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as the propitiation as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him, presented Jesus to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Now what these passages of scripture are all telling us is how a person can be right with God, how a person can be found acceptable to God. Now think about this door with me for just a moment. The Pharisee comes, and the Pharisee is a person who is very zealous for God. He is zealous for the law, And he is one who has separated himself out for the service of God and to keep pure the teachings of God's Word. In fact, they are so zealous that they've added things to God's Word so to be sure to protect themselves from ever breaking the letter of the law. They're respected in the community. They're the kind of people that you'd want your your daughter or your son to to marry into. Uh, They're the people you look up to. They were looked up to in Jesus' day. They were the acceptable people, the stalwarts of society in the Jewish world of Jesus' day. 
Now, far away from him in the temple is another man. He's described as a tax collector. Now, a tax collector was despised in Jesus' day and time because they were looked upon as traitors. You see, what they did is that they were working for the Roman government and getting revenue for the people, from the people, for the government to support the troops that are in their land and other services that the government provides. And often they would add a fee to that mandatory tax, a fee so that they would be able to enrich themselves in the process. And so the people looked upon them as traitors. Now, this man looks upon himself as someone who's not acceptable, not acceptable before others, but mostly he looks upon himself as not acceptable before God. So let's pay attention again to the story. Hear the Pharisee, hear his prayer to God. Let me read it to you once again. Because it's very telling. It tells us an awful lot. In fact, let me just read it from the J.B. Phillips translation. Jesus gave this illustration to certain people who were confident of their own goodness and looked down on others. Jesus' description of the Pharisee is found in this verse. People who were confident of their own goodness, their own righteousness, and as a result, they looked down on others. But notice where their confidence is placed. In themselves. Okay? Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now the Pharisee stood and prayed like this with himself. It's very telling. Oh God, I do thank you that I'm not like the rest of mankind, greedy, dishonest, impure, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice every week. I give away a tenth part of all my income. Notice what the Pharisee's doing. Now, he's not a godless person, and he is not obviously a hypocrite. He's not actually putting on any kind of front. He's being very honest. But notice how often he says, I, I, I. He addresses himself to God, but he's actually mostly talking about himself. And he says, Oh, God, I do thank you. Now, notice he's thanking God. I thank you. I thank you, God, for who I am and what I do. I thank you that I'm not like the rest of the people. I'm not greedy. I'm not dishonest. I'm not impure. These are things he's not. And I'm not like that tax collector, the other guy that shouldn't even be in here praying. I'm not like him either. No, look at me. I'm commendable. I fast twice every week. Now, this isn't in the text, but it's found in the Old Testament. The only fast commanded in the Old Testament of the people, mandatory, was on the Day of Atonement. One day of fasting a year. Now, there were other voluntary fasts in times when people did fast. But he's added, I fast twice a week. I give away a tenth part of all my income. I'm very scrupulous in my giving of my tithe. In other words, these are my positives, and I don't have any of these negatives. So what is he doing? He's saying to God, you know, by your help, God, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm acceptable in your sight. I'm okay. And he can look down on others because they haven't made it. 
They're not there. Now, don't be too quick to point the finger at someone else. Think about your own heart. Think about your own prayers. Think about how you like to speak to God about yourself. But Jesus is not finished with his story. The tax collector stood in a distant corner, scarcely daring to look up to heaven. Now, it was the usual custom in prayer that one raised their eyes toward heaven, toward God, to whom they're speaking. And often they would stand with their heads upraised and their hands raised to God as they prayed. That's the way the Pharisee would have prayed. But this this publican, he, he's, he's scared to even look up toward heaven. He won't even glance to heaven. Instead, he, he beats himself on his chest. It's a, a gesture of despair, a, a gesture of deep humility and repentance before God. And this is his prayer. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Now, This phrase, just a few words, six or seven, in both English and in Greek, is very telling. And our translation doesn't catch all of it. And that's because we we have dropped the personal, particular, specific article before the word sinner. He didn't just say, God, be, be merciful to me, a generic sinner a sinner like all the rest. He said, God be merciful to to me, the sinner. He looks upon himself as the sinner. And his his word for mercy here is the word, be propitious to me. Now this is very important. It's the same word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 3 that we read. That is, God presented him, that is Jesus, as the propitiation by his blood to demonstrate his righteousness. Now, propitiation is the word that refers to the mercy seat that was in the Holy of Holies. Inside the Ark of the Covenant was found the law of God. And on top of it was the mercy seat, this lid made of gold and had these two angels on the side of it. It was here once a year that the high priest went in with the sacrificed blood of the animal and sprinkled it upon the mercy seat for the sins of the people. Once a year. And so God turned away his wrath and his anger. Now, the blood of bulls and goats could never actually take away the sin. It was a picture of the one who would come, the true Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came in time and space history and on the cross of Calvary, he made the propitiatory sacrifice. He shed his own blood so that God's mercy, his grace, could be justly applied to unworthy, guilty sinners. So the tax collector, standing at a distance, striking himself with deep humility, says, God, be propitious, be a mercy seat on a sinner like me, the sinner. And Jesus says about these two people, he says, I assure you that he, the tax collector, was the one who went home justified in God's sight. That is declared 
righteous before God rather than the other one who is busy declaring himself righteous before God. And Jesus' story in his day was a shocker. And I'm afraid in our day, it maybe has lost its shock. And I can't bring all that out to you today. But I want you to think. The man, the Pharisee, was a person we say he's a wonderful person. He's top on the list. He's right before God, and he does right by his fellow man. He's a good guy. We approve, applaud, and congratulate him. And for the tax collector, just think of the worst sin and sinner that you can think of. And now this person, be it a murderer, a sex offender, a child beater, just anything that you think is the worst of all, that person before God. They're both in the same building. They're both offering a prayer to God. But one, he says to God, by your mercy, your grace, I am a good guy and I can do all these things. So it was, I acknowledge that you're involved in the process, God, and you've enabled me to do what I need to do so that I can be acceptable in your sight. But the tax collector, knowing there was nothing to commend him, that he was unworthy to even be there, simply threw himself upon the mercy of God, pleading nothing but the blood of the atoning sacrifice of the Lamb. Let me conclude with the words of a modern hymn by Eric Schumacher and David Ward. It's entitled, Not in Me. No list of sins I have not done. No list of virtues I pursue. No list of those I am not like can earn myself a place with you. O God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner through and through. My only hope of righteousness is not in me, but only you. That's the tax collector. No humble dress, no fervent prayer, no lifted hands, no tearful song, no recitation of the truth can justify a single wrong. My righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary load was borne by him, and he alone can give me rest. No separation from the world, no work I do, no gift I give can cleanse my conscience, cleanse my hands, I cannot cause my soul to live. But Jesus died and rose again. The power of death is overthrown. My God is merciful to me and merciful in Christ alone. My righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary load was borne by him and he alone can give me rest. Here's my invitation to you. Come to God. Come to God every time you're conscious of your sin. Every time you can remember what a great God he is. Never plead your goodness, but simply acknowledge his mighty grace given to you in the death and resurrection of his Son. 
That's how we begin the Christian life. We're justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice in the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ himself alone. And it's all by the almighty grace, the amazing grace of God. But that's not only how we begin the Christian life. This is how we live the Christian life. We live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.